Discrimination and oppression can be an everyday experience for trans people and can affect so many areas of their lives. With constant negativity and transphobia online, in the news, and in public, we wanted to shed some light on an inspirational story and give the spotlight to a trans woman who is breaking barriers everywhere. So today, we're going to bring on reality star, activist, and author Precious Brady Davis to speak about her experience as a trans woman in society and in the public eye. She, a podcast for non-traditional conversations. I'm Tiana. And I'm Sophie. And And we're we're a couple. couple. Join us as we explore an alternative view on what it means to be a woman in today's society. Hey everyone and welcome to episode 65 of She, an acronym for Shifting Her Experience. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Shifting Her Experience and send us a DM to be featured as our next person of the week or leave us a review on Amazon if you've purchased our journal Reflect and we'll give you a shout out that way. Yes and we hope everyone had a fantastic Pride Month and you know Pride really doesn't stop just because the month of June is over and that's why today's topic is so important to discuss all year round, not just during the month of June. Yeah, and Sophie and I, yes, are a part of the LGBTQ plus community, but we are cis women, so we can't speak to the trans experience. We feel, though, it's really important to give trans women the spotlight and a chance to speak. So today, you know, like we said, we're going to bring on Precious Brady Davis, who you may know from TLC's Say Yes to the Dress. She was the first trans bride to be featured on the show uh, to discuss her experience in society as a trans woman and really really to educate us on an experience that we cannot speak to. Exactly. But before we get started and bring on today's guest, we want to give a shout out to our person of the week, Angie, who DM'd us on Instagram during Pride Month. Um, Angie shared a story with us about a high school in their hometown of Colorado um, and how this high school put up a mural depicting two women kissing for Pride Month. Um, Sounds very innocent. Um, But shortly after it went up, it was painted over by the school, um, sending a very loud message to the LGBTQ plus community. Um, ours went into this mural, by the way, um, and it was painted by a student at Woodland Park High School. So to erase this on the basis of, you know, blatant discrimination is is really upsetting and ridiculous. Yeah, and this is a perfect example of why we need pride and the support for the LGBTQ plus community all year around. You know, companies just changing their logo for, for Pride Month, but not really doing anything for the community throughout the rest of the year is performative activism. Schools pretending to be LGBTQ plus positive, but then doing things like this it's so backwards and according to this post that we were sent on instagram it was the school's first sign of lgbtq plus acceptance by allowing this mural to go up but obviously that was revoked very quickly yeah this is a perfect example of society favoring heteronormativity and simply pretending that anything outside of it doesn't exist by literally erasing lgbtq plus experiences exactly quite literally erasing lgbtq plus experiences Well, we want to do the opposite today and give the spotlight to a trans woman in society whose story is very inspiring. We'd love to bring on our guest for today, Precious Brady Davis, to speak about her experience as outlined in her book and some of the inequalities that she faces as a black trans woman in society. Thank you so much for coming on today, Precious. Hi, Precious. Hi, Tiana. Hi, Sophie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so thrilled to be with you this evening. Oh, we're so excited to chat with you today. 
today. So your new book, I Have Always Been Me, is out now. And in this memoir, you speak about your experience growing up in a religious environment and also your overall experience as a trans woman. Sophie and I really wanted to bring you on today to discuss an experience, you know, we cannot speak to. You know, while we are an LGBTQ plus couple, we are cis women. So what we do have in common, though, is that we all identify as women. So there's that shared experience of misogyny and navigating the world as a woman. Exactly. So Precious, I'd love to start off by asking, um, in your opinion, what has been the biggest struggle of living as a woman? Because we can definitely list our own struggles of experiencing oppression, but we would love to hear it from your perspective. Thank you so much. I think it's so important to talk about shared womanhood, uh, in particular in between cis and, and trans women. So thank you so much for sharing uh, that that space and community with me for this conversation. Of course. Of course. In terms of, of being a trans woman, I think the the biggest thing that I have dealt with, um, not so much now in, in my current role, but at the beginning of my career, I experienced discrimination in in the workplace because I transitioned on the job mm. and my employer refused to change my email in the system. And it was so disheartening for me to work at a job where they didn't acknowledge my, my womanhood. Mm. And I think that we, we know there are great statistics, you know, when it comes to trans people and, and accessing employment. For me, I felt that the the beginning of my career in particular, I felt that I was pigeonholed into one role because I was a, a trans woman. They couldn't see beyond my gender. And this was in particular, this was in an LGBTQ organization. Yeah. I felt yeah. like they couldn't see th- and the skills and talents that I that I brought um to to the role. And I think at times it, it's one of the the, the biggest challenges, you know, that I have of being the first, you know, in, in so many spaces, I am the, the first trans woman to be on, you know, to be on staff or, you know, to be on paid salary. And so with that comes a myriad of challenges. I often at times am forced to be an educator, yes. you know, when it comes to trans issues, even in times when I don't want to be an educator, mm-hmm. you know, when I want to show up and I want to, you know, do my expertise, you know, in, in outreach in in communications, you know, in diversity, equity, and inclusion work, I often, you know, become the trainer. And of course, you know, there are issues of safety, you know, when, I am am navigating society and I I do have a a great deal of of passing privilege. And so I navigate the world pretty safely in in that regard. But that doesn't mean that there's not times in, you know, which my safety has been in in danger, you know, or where I'm getting catcalled on the street and, you know, I ignore someone and because I ignore them, they call me out of my name, all sorts of bitches and hoes, you know, kind of thing. Of course. Just Mm -hmm. for just for like ignoring someone who is harassing me. Oh, we can relate to that one for sure. Especially as like uh, two women in a relationship. Like if we're walking down the street holding hands, people, you know, even in Los Angeles where we live, like sometimes, you know, we'll get a stare or a comment or something. But even just speaking of firsts, you know, you were the first trans bride to appear on Say Yes to the Dress, a show on TLC, which 
is very heteronormative. You know, to me, Say Yes to the Dress is a very traditional show. The very concept revolves around, you know, straight brides picking the perfect dress for their big day. Um, Did you feel pressure at all in how you'd be represented on the show? Or did you feel, you know, like the token LGBTQ plus bride? So I did feel some some pressure in terms of being you know, the first, I knew that I was the first trans bride and, and they told me that, but for me, it was about making sure that the experience would be as normal as possible. Yeah. And behind the scenes in in talks with production, they were so respectful through the entire process. And it was actually them. That's good to hear. Yeah. And it was actually them who, who reached out you know, to, to me and ask me if I wanted to come on the show. They saw uh, Miles and I in a campaign with Miley Cyrus and sort of said, we'd love to have you on. We've never had a, a trans bride before and you're, you're more than welcome to come on. And the thing that I loved most about that experience was it was no different from, from any other bride. You know, totally. I was there to to pick out a dress for one of the most important moments in in my life and everyone there was so respectful and nothing felt out of place I think more than anything I think I was elated to to represent trans love and to show another side of of transness so often I think when we're talking about black trans women in particular you know I think we we talk about the violence and I think that that's important you know, to talk about too. But I think when Black trans women enter the conversation, it becomes all about our trauma. Yeah. And it's like, you want those positive experiences and positive stories too. You know, even in our introduction to you, you know, before um, you came on, we said, you know, we really want to focus on an inspiring story here as well, because, you know, yes, you were the first trans bride, but at the same time, like on Say Yes to the Dress, at the same time, you were just a person there experiencing love and you deserved your moment too, you know? Exactly. And that's what that moment was about. It was really about about claiming space and and celebrating trans love and you know creating a, a, a new tradition and showing people that we as trans people we have the same desires as everyone else yeah. we want to be loved we want to be affirmed we want to have families and that's really what that was about. It was a, a wonderful experience. Very well said. And I just want to shift gears a little bit because in your book, you discussed how you grew up in a religious household. Um, you know, you wrote about when you were first coming out and exploring your sexuality and gender identity. You felt conflicted as a Christian. You know, how do you feel about your identity and religion now? Do you believe religion made it particularly difficult for you to be who you are? Well, I just wanted to address the first part of the question first. So I think that my my spirituality has morphed and I don't identify with one particular sect of religion. I myself, I believe that being trans is a form of divinity, Uh, self-authenticity and and revelation. That to me is at the core of my spirituality. For me, the, the very act of transitioning the act of being so attuned to myself of realizing that I was trans, that was the greatest spiritual decision in my life that I could ever make. And I think that growing up, you know, in a strict Pentecostal environment that really 
adhere to the the act of obedience in itself, I do think that that for many years caused a lot of trauma in my life. And it caused a lot of fog in my head. It caused a lot of, of heartache. You know, just thinking back to the embarrassment that I faced, and I talk about this in the book, yeah. the exorcism, you know, of, of being called out. One of the first moments that I remember someone calling me a woman was when a pastor pointed at me when I was 16 years old in the back of a congregation and said, you are not a woman. You are a man. Oh, that is very traumatic. It was so traumatic. That is yeah. honestly like very traumatic. And can I ask you, Precious, like, because, yeah, you spoke about this in your book about, you know, the trauma that comes with being a Christian or being involved in such a religious environment. And, you know, some of the experiences that you had as a, a member of the LGBTQ plus community in a religion. Um, what have you personally done to heal those traumas? I'm just curious. I think writing the book yeah. is, mm. is one of the first steps you know, that I have done publicly. I mean, for many years, I have talked about dismantling the trauma that I experienced as a young person growing up in the Pentecostal community. But for me, the book was a, a final releasing. Mm -hmm. You know, Layla Alcorn, uh, several years ago, was a young trans girl in Ohio who, who killed herself because her parents wouldn't accept her based on their religion yeah, it's so serious so, yeah yeah it's it's so it's so sad and for me one of the the parts that is so disappointing to me is there is no no basis in 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 having proper you know psychological support you know mm -hmm. mental health services like there is a disconnect from from mental mental health uh, and and pushing issues to the side and just saying, you know, that God is, is going to take care of it. And there really is through that, there's a false sense of security created. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, religion often does stem from a good place, but sometimes in society it is used as an excuse to oppress people or control a lot of different people or 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 sort of like almost act as like a, a barrier to for a family to be able to accept somebody who's LGBTQ. But, you know, it stems, religion should stem from a good place. So it should be very, you know, well, we love you for you. Isn't that, you know, the overall message? That's what it should be, you know? But in your book as well, you know, you spoke about how growing up, the issues of misogyny that women face really resonated with you. And I love that you said that. We speak a lot on this podcast about the inequalities that women face in society. Um, we speak all the time about it. So what are some of the inequalities you've seen and how has this been heightened because you are a trans woman? Oh, yeah. You know, some of the other, you know, I talked about at the top of, of the podcast, you know, some of the discrimination, you know, that I experienced in employment, you know, the ways yeah. in which I, I navigate space in which, you know, in times I feel unsafe on, on the street, you know, from from the cat calling or the, the harassment, you know, whether I, I'm shopping in a store you know, I'm automatically, you know, zeroed in on as a, a, a trans woman. I can't even, you know, shop, you know, with, with, yeah. with peace, you know, mm -hmm. as a, a black trans woman without, you know, someone looking at me like I'm going to steal something. You know, I, I also feel there is so many stereotypes and tropes 
about trans women when 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 people meet me i think there are a myriad of assumptions that you know that they make you know about yeah. about our, our our lives and i really try to disrobe a lot of those assumptions and let people know that the trans community in particular and trans women that we are not a, a monolith and that each of us has our own I- I experience and i think for me it, it's just is the harassment i think is is one of the biggest things you know that i that i i have faced you know, when, when navigating the world. Yeah. And you mentioned, uh, Precious, you mentioned your um, husband, Miles, and, you know, the trans community in general. And your husband is also part of the LGBTQ plus community as a trans man. Do you feel like there's a level of understanding between uh, the both of you that you wouldn't experience with a cis man? Absolutely. And we say it to each other all the time. Yeah. <laughs> same. We, we are the, we always the exact say this. Same. I was all... about to say <laughs> Because we're both women, you know, we feel like we can relate so much when we talk about shit we had to like deal with yeah, walking down the street. Simply because or, we're both yeah. two women. You know, yeah. there's, in times where, there's times where we encounter misogyny where we just know how the other feels about it and we feel safe with each other in those scenarios because it's like we both have that level of understanding. So we can relate. But I'd love to hear about, you know, how. How, how you guys kind of form that understanding. Absolutely. We, we always say to each other, I'm so glad that that you're trans. And, you know, like we yeah. understand, you know, when when one of us, you know, has experienced, you know, transphobia in the world or, mm. you know, when we're feeling some kind of dysphoria mm. or when when one of a, when one of us needs and, you know, some additional affirmation mm -hmm. for me, it is it is an extra la layer of safety. For me, it's an extra layer uh, of comfort knowing that I don't have to explain to my husband how I feel. Yeah, you don't have to educate your significant other, you know? Yes. And sometimes you have to do that, you know, if you and your partner come from opposite sides, yeah. you know, of the tracks. And and for me, it just is so affirmational. And it just is this, and I'm sure you all know it's the support yes. that, that means so much, just, just his very presence, you know, when, when he's in the room, it just puts me at ease knowing that my trans husband is going to know, you know, the experience of mm -hmm. what it is when I have to go to the, the DMV, you know, or have to deal, you know, with some kind of public accommodation, mm -hmm. you know, when I'm going to the airport, like all of these very, like, scary vulnerable experiences for for trans folk, folks in particular he understands what that is like and is a, a safe zone for me yeah and it's almost like you know we can even relate in the sense of everyday occurrences that you know straight cis you know heterosexual people might not have to deal with we have to think about you know we spoke on a recent episode of ours that we attended a medical appointment together and were immediately questioned on what is your relationship together is this your friend why are they in the room and it's like these things that you know cis straight people don't have to think about so um and you know for the most part sophie and i feel like we live authentically true ourselves we don't care what people think and we normalize our experience as a, cu a couple as much as we can but sometimes Sophie and I feel the effects of being a gay couple in society when we're questioned on our relationship or straight men come up to us thinking we're lying about being a couple because we present as two femme women who couldn't possibly be dating you know <laughs> I would love to hear about your experience with your husband in society and you know you did touch on some of the challenges but um, I would love to hear on some of the about some of the challenges you both faced particularly when 
uh, Miles was pregnant. Oh, <laughs> I think for for the most part, you know, I think that we 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 navigate the world with with ease. You know, there are are times for the sake of progress that we we out ourselves and we obviously share our story. But yeah. yes, it was so disheartening to see what happened to to Miles and it was the day of our, our baby shower when he was just out searching for an an outfit in a store and as he was walking away from a, a rack uh, police threw handcuffs on him oh because a worker in that store called the police and said that he had clothes underneath his shirt and like I said, we both have passing privilege, but it shows that a, a, a trans masculine person can't even be safe in the mm -hmm. world. And they pulled up his shirt and obviously saw his his bump there. And also traumatic for him, you know, so traumatic. much a violation of of him and his, his privacy body. and his, his body. body. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that is one of the things, you know, because we want to have more kids and that's one of the things, you know, that we have to to think of, you know, thinking of yeah. mile safety, you know, in in navigating the world. Yeah. And that's like, yeah, future traumas that, you know, it should be a really joyful experience, but it's bringing back memories that you're almost dreading to deal with again. Yeah, absolutely. And just wanting to make sure, you know, that he's safe and something like that never, ever happens again. You know, that he can't mm -hmm. even be a transmasculine person and just navigate the world and just you know shop um it just yeah so sad I'm so glad you're, you're you're talking about this because I feel like this is the first conversation I've even had about this so I'm, I'm so yeah. glad that you're mentioning this for our listeners like there needs to be this representation um so thank you for sharing that yeah, with no. us but you mentioned um in your book and just there a few minutes ago that miles has uh and yourself has passing privilege um and i would love for you to just explain what that is for anyone listening who who doesn't know yeah so some trans people have has have passing privilege and passing privilege is when you can navigate the world um, people might view you as cisgender. They might not see your your transness, uh, mm -hmm. and therefore you are able to navigate the the world with ease of someone not knowing that you are trans unless you you out yourself. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like an extra layer of safety sometimes if you're passing. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. You know, but I mean. I'm always like routinely outing myself just like yeah us too <laughs> oh we do that all the time it's part of normalizing it because like Tiana mentioned earlier you know we're femme presenting and people often think that we are friends and they don't like to hear that we're in a relationship yeah. and we sometimes, correct them real you know quick. especially yes. if it's a guy hitting on us and we say oh no we're in a relationship they think we're lying because we want them to go away but the truth is like we we, we yeah we, like we try to, to normalize, normalize it, it yeah. all the time so we do the exact same we can absolutely relate yeah and just even as a final question here um precious i wanted to ask you what does society often get wrong about the trans experience and what do you want people to understand wow i think that such a powerful question thank you for for that question of course of course i think 
Disclosure doc uh, told it so well. Yes, we love that documentary. I think that trans people have been made to be the punchline. We have been made to be the joke, the gesture. And so much so that people fail to see the worth of our lives. Yeah. We, we forget that there's a person under there and they're more than their gender identity, their sexuality. Exactly. People don't, people don't even acknowledge our, our existence. Yeah. You know, it's almost as if they see us as clowns, you know, as they see us as, as gestures, that we are the show to fancy and they don't see the true meaning of our, our lives. And I wish that people would see more of our humanity. Wow, that's very powerful. And honestly, even just everything you said today, I feel like was very powerful. And I know it's not always great to be the educator, but this was very educational Mm -hmm. for people that aren't aware um, of everything, you know, LGBTQ plus people face everything trans people face. So we really, really appreciate you coming on today um, and offering your perspective, because for the most part, you do have such a very inspiring story. And it's very positive. So yes, well, you know, of course, we face discrimination in the LGBTQ tq plus community it's really nice to see someone thriving so um, i think that's the biggest takeaway from this uh, episode today thank you so much for for having me and i just want to say that i want people to know with with my story that there is love whatever that means to folks there is love if you claim who you are stand up for yourself and do what it takes to create it. Thanks for having me. Amazing. Oh, Precious, you've been fantastic. Thank you so much for opening up today and for being so vulnerable, talking about really personal things. So thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Well, that's it for today's episode. We love hearing your stories on how you're living a non-traditional life. So keep them coming and follow us on Instagram at Shifting Her Experience and send us a message on Instagram. Review our podcast on Apple or review our journal Reflect on Amazon to be featured as our next person of the week. And make sure you download, rate and review our podcast and share it with your friends to spark a further discussion on this topic. And let us know what you thought about today's conversation. Be sure to check out Precious on Instagram at Precious Brady Davis and check out her book titled I Have Always Been Me. See you on Tuesdays. Bye.